This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We want to share a message for just a few minutes and recognizing that even our children are present in here today, um, we thought we would uh, talk about the rock. How about building our families on the rock? You know, um, we're, we're excited, as we always are, for, for family day, but that's what we want to talk about is family. How many of you know that there's um, one of the greatest tragedies of our society today is the breakdown of family? It's, I think, one of the most impactful uh, things in our society today. We're seeing all, these, all the negative things that are happening. I think much of it is a result of the breakdown of, of family. Um, you know, we... Um, we, uh, I was at um, one of our Boy Scout leaders, uh, Orlando, his son, uh, Davis, got his Eagle Scout. Um, he became an Eagle, Eagle Scout on Friday, <clears throat> and I know a few of you were here for that. And um, something just really hit me, and I got up as I was closing it out and, and was saying, you know, I think in relation to that, you know, we're not training our boys to be men. And so... Men are not standing up and taking their rightful place and leading in the ways of the Lord the way they should. And so uh, all of this has to do with family. All this has to do with the breakdown. And so, you know, the Bible, the Bible talks a whole lot about family, doesn't it? The Bible talks about, well, first and foremost, as I said earlier, God calls us his what? Our what? He's our father, right? God is our father. He calls us his children, well, that's what we would call a family, isn't it? But there's more examples of that. We know in the Bible that all Christians together, all of us, called the body of Christ, we're called the family of God. So it doesn't matter um, what we look like or what our background is or what our denomination is or whatever else. If we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we're part of a family. Church of the Harvest is a family. We talked about this back a couple of months ago. I was talking about how we're just a small expression. We're, we're, a, we're a small group, a community group in the kingdom of God. We are a family. Um, maybe for you guys, uh, you who are in school, you kids who are in elementary school, your class by the end of the year is like a family. It's hard to say goodbye. Sometimes there's tears. You're signing each other's yearbooks and see you next year, right? Because you're a, you're a family. Maybe the people that you work with every day, you become like a family. And then obviously we have our natural family. And, you know, we see that uh, the take place first in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. By the way, um, we did not make handouts for the, for the service guides this morning, but you can follow along on the screen or, or uh, read in the Bible with us if you want to. But Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, God speaking, he says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So for you kids, that's... Right now in your life, that's talking about your mom and dad, right? This is where everything started. Your, your father and mother came together single. They got married, and it was the birth, the beginning of a new family. And here you sit today as a result of that as well. Um, we know that the fourth of the Ten Commandments is what? Does nobody know? Man, we all need to go back to children's church. Honor your father and mother. You know, even Jesus, even Jesus honored his family. He honored his father and mother. We see that in the Bible, we see him growing up and we see him going to church with his family. 
just like many of you. Um, we know that, did y'all know, some of y'all didn't know that, we know that Jesus had brothers. You know, Jesus also had sisters. Jesus had brothers and sisters. How many of you sometimes have a hard time putting up with your brother or sister? Oh, my hand's up by accident. Jesus. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down. <laughs> Jesus had brothers and sisters. Mary and Joseph had other kids. Jesus wasn't the last. We know that Jesus was around friends and family and neighbors all the time. And really, you know, as an adult, we see Jesus, one of the first things we see, we see Jesus going to a wedding with his mom. Family was important. And one of the last things we see as Jesus is dying on the cross, what's the last thing that he does? He looks at his friend and disciple John, and he says, hey, I need you to take care of my mom. He says, as a matter of fact, I want you to treat her like she's your mom and take care of her. And so we know that family is very important. God created family, I believe, partially because he knew how much we needed one another. We need love, and we need help, and we need acceptance and companionship and protection. And hopefully, we find those things in our families. Now, is there any family here that's perfect? No. Of course not. Every family's not perfect. No family's perfect. We know that sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we do something hurtful toward a family member. Sometimes we disobey. Sometimes we get in trouble. Sometimes a family member lets us down. Sometimes they disappoint us. Sometimes we get angry. You ever been angry with family before? Uh, three quarters of y'all are just lying. Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we get so angry, we're not even sure if we want them to be family. But you know what? They're still family. They're still family. Family should be quick to forgive. Family should always stick together. Family should always love and accept one another. Family should always be ready to help. But how many of you know that sometimes those things are a little difficult? How many times does our flesh get in the way and make that, make that hard? Especially when we've been let down or upset or we feel like we've been stabbed in the back by a family member. And so we know that when it comes to family, we need help. And so... And talking about that. All right, so I'm going to ask a question. This might be a little interactive. What does every family need? I heard love. Jesus. Communication. Man, you guys should come up here and preach this message. <laughs> all right, so my next question is, so we, those were all correct, everything that I heard. We're going to hit some of those. Um, but what we all need, what every family needs is Jesus, right? We need Jesus. Um, when our family is in order, Jesus is in the middle of it. He is the center of everything that we do. Why? Because, because why? We were created by God, right? And God set the standards. He set the rules. He set the boundaries of what a family should look like. He um, tells us as families, as moms, dads, grandparents, children, um, you know, what that should look like. And so here's the deal. Let's take Jesus aside for a moment, and let's look at some things that maybe every family wants, right? We know we have to have Jesus, but what are some things that every family wants? I heard somebody a while ago say love. You know, everybody wants a family that, where there's love, right? They, the kids want to, um, how many of you guys know that sometimes kids don't want to go home? 
Have you ever been that spouse that maybe you don't want to go home because there's not love in the home, right? So we all desire a family that has love in it. And how many of you guys know that the only way that that can happen is if we have Jesus because Jesus is love. We cannot have true love without having Jesus as the center of our families. Um, Another one I think somebody said was joy. We all want joy. You know, our families, our homes should be a place of joy where we can laugh, where we can play, and we can enjoy each other's company. Have you ever been somewhere and it's like you're afraid to, like, move? Because you're going to be, ah, at you, right? I mean, anybody like that? No, no, you don't like that. All right, you want to have a home with joy. Um, how about this one, peace? Does anybody want their family to be a family of peace? You know, our family should not be full of strife and fighting, division and conflict. Now, the reality is, is sometimes there may be, right? But that's not what we want all the time. Um, Another one, and somebody tell me what these are. Patience, gentleness, and self-control. Some of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Everybody desires their family, their home, to be a place with this. Does anybody struggle with patience besides me? You know, sometimes we want it. We want it now, right? But we really want a family where we're patient with one another. Um, how many of you guys knows it's hard to be patient with a brother or sister sometimes, right? Yeah, it is. It can be a challenge. But with the Lord's help, we can have those things in our life. A couple other things, kindness and goodness. You know, we all want our families to be a place of kindness. Um, you know, we want it to be a place. The world's an ugly place. Social media is an ugly place. Hurtful things happen there. Our family needs to be a safe place where we know that kind words are going to be spoken and not degrading words, um, kinds of love. Um, Faithfulness, like Pastor Rob said a while ago, you know, sometimes people let us down, right? Sometimes people let us down. Sometimes they disappoint us. Um, Sometimes what they say frustrates us. Sometimes people care more for themselves than others. Anybody ever seen that one? Anybody ever been guilty of that besides me? Um, but we always want to be a part of a family that we can depend on. We want a family that will always be there for each other, a family that keeps its promises and does what they say that they're going to do, a family that doesn't abandon each other when things get hard or difficult. We want a family that always stays faithful to one another. Now, here's the deal. Every person, those things I just listed, would you guys agree you want that to be in your family? Would anybody be like, nope, I don't want those, right? No, we all want those. Every person wants these qualities in their family, but the problem is that without Jesus, you can't have all of these things. You know, you've heard it said that God is what? Love, right? And as a matter of fact, all those things we want for our family are found in Jesus. We have to have Jesus as the center of our home. Um, Here's the deal. Jesus always loves. He's excited. He's full of joy that we are his family. His family is a place of peace. How many of you guys sometimes like going to church because it's peaceful, right? His presence that is in that place. He's always patient with us. Thank goodness. He's always treating us with gentleness and self-control. He is always kind to us, and he is full of goodness, He's always faithful, and he will never, ever leave, abandon, or give up on us no matter what. And so what did we say that every family needs? 
Jesus, right? So in the Bible, um, those of you kids that were at camp, we know that Jesus is called our rock. Everybody say rock. Rock. It says in Psalm 18.2, it says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. Now, you guys learned about that. Actually, we have uh, the ushers are going to pass something out to you guys if uh, you guys would go ahead and do that. Um, yeah, go ahead and pass those You guys out. just come up to the front ushers and pass yeah. them down each row. Yeah, you can just That'll pass probably them. be the easiest way. You can just pass the baskets down if you want to, however you want to do it. And uh, yeah, please take one of those. Me and Lauren and Shauna spent a little while uh, writing those on there, our, our key scripture for today. Um, didn't realize until we were about halfway through this, Lauren told me, oh, they did something like this at camp. They got rocks and they wrote on it, Jesus is my rock. And I was like, oh, well, that's awesome. Well, we're going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but guys, the Bible says that Jesus is our rock. Now, what are some characteristics of rock? Strong. Strong hard. hard. That's a good one. If my brother was here, he would quickly probably stand up and remind you all the time when we were kids that I hit him in the head with a rock. That was like, that was like 35 years ago, and it's still brought up repeatedly. Because it must have hurt. <laughs> it must have hurt. He ran off crying. I don't know. I do remember that. Um, I was trying to make deals with them, not to tell mom and dad. I don't know. Um, yes, so yes, so rock is rock is generally hard, and um, and and it can hurt if you're hit with it. Somebody else said strong. I was thinking of about you think of a big rock, you think of a big, heavy, unmovable rock, and you know, how many of you have ever been to the beach? Okay. How many of you ever been to the beach and you didn't want to go way out in the water? How many of you have ever just, just kind of rolled your pant legs up and stepped out there and let the water just kind of rush over your feet and back? And you're standing there in the sand. But if you notice when you do that, when the water washes back, have you ever noticed the sand washes back too under your feet and it kind of makes you unsteady as the water rushes back out? But how many of you also have ever stood at the beach like that and you've stood on a rock and the water washes over and it can wash over a thousand times and that rock's not moving? Because that rock is solid and firm, like your firm foundation, like Jesus is, right? So let's look at the story right quick that you have uh, on your rock. Let's look at the story that Jesus told about, about rock. And it's from Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine, who's talking right here? It's Jesus, right? He said, everybody who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock. Everybody say rock. Rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the what? Sand. Say sand. Sand. And the rain's fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. In our life, God is our rock. Jesus is our rock. Tough times come. How many of you would agree that tough times come in our families? Your natural family, 
whatever it may be, your work family, your school family, your church family, tough times come. Those winds will come, those floods will come, and you're going to hope then that you're founded on the rock. How many of you have ever not been completely founded on the rock and you almost crumbled under the weight of the trouble? Yeah. Maybe... I don't know, maybe your car broke down, you had trouble getting it fixed and getting around. Maybe your family didn't have the money to pay the bills. Maybe one of your family members went to be with Jesus. Be some tough things. And if we're not on the rock, we'll find that sand slipping right out from under us and we'll find it hard to stand. And it'd be easy for us to fall. All families go through tough times. Tough times can be painful and upsetting. And many times we wonder how we can keep on going you know, how we can keep on moving. But the Bible says that no matter how bad things get, that if we're standing on the rock, if our family is built on the rock, it's going to be okay. And it won't be destroyed because God is with us. The Bible tells us other times when things happen. Uh, the Bible tells us other good things that happen when Jesus is a rock. So when Jesus is a rock, there's several other things the Bible promises. So Exodus 20, verse 12 says, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So we see when we're founded on the rock, we do those words that God says, he promises us what? Long life, right? How about Colossians 3.20? Kids, it says, children, always obey your parents, for this does what? Pleases the Lord. How many of you know it's a good thing to please the Lord? Um, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is what? Safety. That's a great promise too, isn't it? Uh, Proverbs 28, um, verse 25, said greed causes fighting, but trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. How many of you want provision and prosperity in your life? It says those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. How about Psalm 37, verse 39? It says, The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them, and he delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge from him. How many of you think deliverance from the wicked and salvation is a pretty good promise for those who are founded on the rock? Lastly, Isaiah 26, verse 3. You keep him in peace, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We just talked about that. Every family wants peace. And it's found in this. When our mind stays on the Lord, when we are founded and standing on that rock, we won't be moved and we will find the peace that we so desire. All right. So how do we build our family on Jesus? Anybody have any ideas? How do we build our family on Jesus? Yeah, Connor. Ask Jesus into our hearts. Yep, that's the number one. Like, we've got to do that. Any other ideas? Through the church, through prayer, worship, praising the Lord, fellowship, example. I want to start with this right here. I love that you said that, Ron. Um, how do we build our family on Jesus the Rock? The first thing that we have to realize is this is done at home and in the home, all right? It's not a just Sunday morning for two hours we come to church and Jesus is on the rock. 
He, he's it, and we're building our family. That's part of it, but it's not all of it. We must give 100%, what percent? 100% to God. We need to love him and serve him 24-7. So I don't know if you guys have ever been with a friend or maybe a coworker, and maybe they say a bad word or do something wrong. Um, or maybe they've done that here in this church building, and they're like, oh, I'm in the church. I can't do that. How many of you guys know that you shouldn't do out there what you wouldn't do in here, right? That's that example of 24-7. It's not about this building. It's about loving the Lord all the time, every day, with everything that's with us. And so a couple ways, this is for all of us, um, that we can make Jesus the center of our family is the first thing is we have to be real. Has anybody met that person that's so super spiritual that you're like, really? <laughs> anybody? You know, like, is that for real? Like, I don't get it. But here's the deal, guys, is we have to be real. And what I mean by that, especially, is that when you make a mistake, mom, dad, older mom, older dad, kid, own it. You know what? I messed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Instead of like, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. It's her fault because she said that to me, right? We always want to place blame. So one way that we can do that is just be quick just be real. Be quick to own when you do something wrong. Be quick to repent. And then here's another thing is sometimes you can share your experiences with family around you. That can be family within the church. That can be somebody at work. Um, kids, that can be with your friends. You know, you can share what the Lord has done within your life. Um, next thing, we're talking about how we can make Jesus the center is we have to be loving. Don't expect perfection, all right? Um, God doesn't expect perfection with us. He desires that we strive after him. He desires that we follow after him. But he's not quick to be like, ah, when we mess up, is he? Did y'all like that? He's not quick to do that. He's not like waiting for lightning to zap down and hit you, right? He usually corrects us in kindness. And so we've got to make sure that we do the same thing within our families and the only way we can do that is if Jesus is in our heart, that we can truly love. And I've got the example here, like, don't cry over spilt milk. Anybody ever heard that expression? You know, I remember as a kid, you know, growing up, and I may have even done this with my kids, I don't remember, but like I'd spill my milk or my juice or something, and my dad would get so mad. And my mom would look at him and be like, honey, it was an accident. It's just milk. What, you know, what's the big deal? And, you know, I think that we've got to remind ourselves is we don't want to overreact when accidents happen in our home, you know? Um, now, if we spill it and we're like, I didn't do that, how many of you guys know that there can be a consequence for us not telling the truth, right? And that's part of that being quick to own what we do wrong. Own, own it. Um, own it. Okay, next one, guys. And this is so hard. We got to be patient. We got to be patient with our families. God is patient with us. He doesn't force his will on us. He doesn't, like, make us be perfect. He gives us a choice, right? And so we've got to do the same thing with those family members is we've got to give them time to let God work. We've got to give them time for um, God to work within their lives. Um, okay, here's the next thing, and I think somebody said it. kind of went with what Ron said. Guys, we have to be a good example. We have to live out what the Bible says, right? We have to do what it says. And so, you know, I wrote down this comment, and I said, let your family members see a good example without any words ever being spoken. 
What would that look like? You know, in your home or when you're around family, that could be them seeing you read the Word of God. That could be them seeing you have a quiet time and praying. It could be them seeing you make church a priority. It could see that um, you go into a community group or meeting with a mentor. Um, Your actions can speak louder. And then also that the things that we say are the same as that what we're doing, right? So we've got to make sure that we live the example. Next thing that all we all need to do is we need to talk about our faith with each other. How many of you guys know that we have teaching moments every single day? Okay, it doesn't have to be, there is good to have maybe a family devotion time, but how many of you guys know things happen all the time that you can just share what God's doing? You know, if you're sick or if your kid's sick, you know what? Let's pray. Teaching example, we go to God when we're sick. Um, Guys, this is even for those of us that maybe have family members that are older than us. Is it okay if I pray with you? Let's pray. Let's go to God with this situation. Um, You know, has anybody ever been scared? I love an example Lauren shared at kids camp one night. They were talking about the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, she said that when she was younger, I didn't even remember this, but that she would sometimes get scared at night. And so Rob and I wrote out a scripture for her and told her to put it over her bed. And that anytime she got scared, she could read that scripture and she could meditate on it. So, guys, we can give people a scripture when they're walking through something that they can hold on to and that they can apply to their life. That's putting God's principles into action. Um, All right, next thing, and this is something maybe some of you have heard, maybe some of you haven't, but another thing is that you can bless your home. And so what does that look like? You know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but a lot of times, I know for us, every time we've moved into a new home, we've actually asked Bob and Ellen to come over, and um, we just pray through the house, and we pray over every single room. And, you know, maybe you're in your home, and you've never prayed over your home. I'd encourage you guys to get together as a family and just go pray over every single room. God, we dedicate this home to you. We thank you that we have sweet sleep. We thank you that it's a pace of peace. We thank you that as we sit at the table and commune together, that you're the center of it all. Bless your home. Let it be known that that's going to be a place where the Lord's angels dwell and where they're at. So a couple practical ways real here, real quick. All those were practical, but these are some more practical ways. Um, Guys, make sure that you have a personal family, a personal devotion time. And then if you can, a family time. That can be through a husband and wife. That can be with your kids. Grandparents, when you have your grandkids over, teach them the ways of the Lord. Give them scriptures. Have some, pray for them. Show them what it looks like. Bring them to church if their parents don't take them anywhere. Um, And I've got this down, pray often. You know, not just over a meal. I think sometimes, you know, God is great, God is good, let us think for our food, amen. And that's the only prayer time that our household sees. Let's pray more often. Let's pray before we're going to work. Let's pray for our spouse as they're going to work. Let's pray for our kids as they're going to work. Let's pray when we're made aware of a need. And do that with your kids. You know, there's been times we've been ministering with people and our kids were with us. And we're like, okay, we're going to pray. You know, and our kids praying, God, we pray for provision and that you meet their need. You know, set the example everywhere that you're at. Um, okay, here's a big one, guys. We've got to make sure, practical ways, that we communicate. It's important to communicate. Who knows what communicate means? Talking, but usually talking that involves some feeling, emotion, interaction. Okay, I like what he just said. It's interaction. Communicating goes two ways. Otherwise, I'm just talking at you, right? So we've got to make sure that our homes are a place of communication where everybody is talking and everyone is listening. 
Okay, guys, I'm guilty of not always listening. <laughs> my kids joke. My daughter's like, yeah. You know, I'll joke. I'll be like, hey, Madison, come here. Like, she'll be upstairs, and then she'll come down, and, like, I've already walked out of the room or, like, not even listening or communicating what I needed them for, right? We've got to make sure that we stop and that we listen and that we make eye contact, that we're engaged, and that we're really listening to what they're saying and not looking for an answer until they're done expressing Another good what's one in that on. for me would be, um, I know something my parents used to do when we'd leave church on Sunday, they'd say, what'd you learn today? Mm-hmm. And we'd do that with our kids. We'd, and we still sometimes will get, sometimes get the answer, um, you know, how's church? Fine. Good. What'd you learn? Jesus. Jesus. You know, and as I, guys, that's not good enough. Make your kids push in. Make them, make them answer. Make them, you know, dig in and reflect on what they were taught and what they heard. Make them communicate. And you're sitting at the table and you say, how was school today? Don't let fine be a good enough answer. Well, tell me about it. Make them respond. Make them talk. Teach them to communicate at a young age. It's so important. One of the, uh, in, in, all the child experts will tell you it's one of the biggest keys in life for, for people to grow up to be successful is learning how to communicate because we have a generation that has lost the ability to communicate face-to-face with they people. They communicate with this instead of with this, right? And we've got to be able to communicate with our, yeah, mouth, ears, all that. And something to add to that is, you know, when you are trying to communicate, don't just ask yes or no questions. Word it in a way that it can't be a yes or no answer. Did you go to school today? Yes. Did you go to work today? Yes. You know, no. so tell me, how was school today? What was so good about it? You know, ask questions that encourage them to come out. Another thing as far as with family is, you know, try when you can to involve everyone. Um, and don't let people, and this is more like in the home when it's in your control, don't let people exclude themselves. You know, we, we have family time sometimes, and, you know, no, watching a up in your room by yourself is not okay. This is family time. You know, let's involve everybody. We try to intentionally, when we know everybody's going to be home at the same day and time, which is a challenge, is let's involve everybody and do something on purpose. They so, always make me come out of my room. They do. We do. <laughs> come on. It's time. A um, couple other things here is um, use kind words and actions. And I know this seems basic, y'all. But a lot of times we don't do it. And so um, how do you guys know that a smile can make a big deal? Smile. What's a smile look like? I'm not seeing any good ones. Let me see some more good smiles. Smile, right? A smile in the home opposed to like a frown. That looks really scary. Um, Okay. (laughs) People will go running, Matt. (laughs) All right. Um, Another thing, give hugs. You know, our homes do need to be a place of affection, And you might be like, well, that ain't my thing. I ain't into touching. Well, your children and your spouse need your affections, all right? And so you need to give hugs, even if it makes you uncomfortable. How about this one? Say, I love you. Guys, I love the fact that all three of my kids still, every time they hang up on the phone or before they walk out of the room, the word is, I love you. You know, let your home be a place where the word, I love you, is spoken and acted out. Okay, here's one. How about say, thank you and please? Where are some of those manners that we need to have in the home, right? Would you do this, please? Will you help me? And then when they do, not the attitude, well, of course you got to do it. I'm the parent. I told you to. But thank you for doing what I asked. I appreciate that. You know, show appreciation. And here's a big one. Don't say, will you help me, please? Because then it gives them an out. They can say no. Rob taught me that one. He's like, don't say, will you, if you want them to do it. I need you to come help me now, please. (laughs) Um, Okay, here's a big one. I'm sorry. Go ahead and practice saying that. Ready? One, two, three. I'm sorry. Okay, do it again. One, two, three. 
Oh, I like that. I'm so sorry. You know what, guys? Sometimes when we just mess up, say you're sorry instead of trying to defend whatever. That's part of that quick to repent. I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry you didn't like that. And then keep on going. Um, and then my last point, guys, as we're wrapping it up here, is um, let's, we have to make sure that when Jesus is our foundation, right, he is our rock, we're building our families on that, that we have to have a healthy relationship with the church. Guys, it's so important that you guys as a family attend and participate in church as a family and not just individually. Now, I know some of you may have spouses that choose not to be a part. That's okay. Keep coming and we'll keep praying, right? You know, be that example. Make church a priority. Um, you know, be a part of a community group. Um, you know, use your gifts and your talents to serve others within the church and within your community group. Um, and I've got one statement here and Know that I, when I say it, I don't want it to come out condemning, but I want just to give thought. Is you know, let's not be that Easter or Christmas Christian. All right, guys, let's not be that. Well, once or twice a year, I'm going to give God something. If we really want our families built on the rock, Jesus, it's a daily thing. It's not an event that happens once or twice a year on a special occasion, but it's a continual. God, we're putting you first. You're number one. We're going to go to you. All in. One last verse right here, Joshua 24, 15. It says, but as for me and my family, we will what? Serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Guys, let that be a motto of your home. Let it be is that me and my family are going to serve the Lord. No excuses. We're going to be putting God first. We're going to make him priority. We're going to pray together. We're going to learn together. And let me just put this out there. For some of you that might be new in your walk, and you might be like, well, I don't even know how to do this with my kids. Just start somewhere. God will honor those baby steps, and he will bring people alongside to help you out. Another thing you can do is come, if you're new and don't know how to do this, is come along somebody you see that's doing it well. Sometimes it's the best thing you can do is, is look at somebody who's a godly example that you look at and go, wow, I, I want what they have in their family. Get with them. Become their best friend. Be there for them. Bless them. Let them impart into your life. Amen? That's been a, a, an important thing for, for us. So how many of you understand? It's important that we build our families on the rock, isn't it? Yeah. That Jesus be our firm foundation. Wind, rain, floodwaters, they're coming, but we don't have to be moved. Amen? Let's all stand up. And we're going to wrap up, and uh, we're going we're gonna to pie a pastor here in just a second and a few things. But before we do that, let's all bow our heads for just a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. First and foremost, before you can have your family built on the rock, your life has to be built on the rock. So real quickly, if that's you and you would say, you know what? My wife is, my, my wife, my life is shifting around through the winds and the wa waves and the I, I, I look down and I recognize that I'm firmly planted on the sand. I recognize that Jesus is not my firm foundation. Maybe you recognize that you need to surrender to him today. We want to, don't want to close out with giving that opportunity. With every head bowed, if that's you, and you would say, I need Jesus. I need him to be the solid rock of my life so that he can be the solid rock of my family. Just lift up your hand so I can see. Yep, anybody else? Who else? 
would say, I, I need to surrender today. Man, awesome. Two, three, four, five. Anybody else? Okay. Look, even if you didn't raise your hand, it's all right. We're going to pray a prayer together. And I invite you to pray along with us here in just a second. And as we do, I, I, I want you to, you, you are going to focus on the words, but the idea is that you, you mean them with all your heart that there's a life change in this moment, then you, when you repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've lived my life apart from you, you mean it to the point that you're willing to turn the other direction and go and do whatever it is that God tells you to do. That's surrender. Surrender is not something you can do in word only. Surrender is something that requires change. It requires action. And that's what's required here. The Bible tells us all we have to do, we have to repent and accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Without him, I am so lost. I've tried to do it on my own, but I'm hopeless. I'm nothing without you. Lord, I repent for the way I've lived my life. I repent for thinking I know what's best. I repent for not including you in my life, for not making you my firm foundation. So today, I declare, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you laid down your life in my place. You took my punishment. You took the judgment I deserved. You took my sin and shame. You even took my sickness and disease. And you took it to the grave. You took it in my place. So today, I release what Jesus has carried for me. And Jesus, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. I'll go where you say go, and I'll do what you say do. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to be everything that you've called me to be in Jesus' name. Lord, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Give the Lord a praise and praise this morning. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.